Hello and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. Before we get really started on this, I just want to do a little shout out real quick. Um, just last, maybe not even last week, maybe last handful of days ago, I was on the Via VHS podcast with Wes there. And he does something kind of similar to us. He just picks movies and talks about them, no different than our retrospect. He's got kind of a cool way he does it because he just has this big, huge, fat list. He just calls the big ass list, and he sends that out to like his guests. And the guests are the ones that pick the movies to watch, and that's how it kind of goes down. So I took a look at that list, and I went up and down it from the '70s to 1999 and back again, going, "Okay, I'm going to try to pick a movie that one we wouldn't do on our show, and two is something that's kind of random." I was trying to get something kind of random, but then I came across him like. Oh, he's got Air Force One on there. I should do Air Force One. I, that, that's a good enough movie to do. So, boom, did, did an episode of him for his Via VHS, um, Air Force One. Hopefully that should be out probably by the time this podcast is up, give or take. But, um, yeah, had a great time with him. Real fun. Tons of laughs. I mean, I felt just kind of like doing our podcast, you know. He had the humor down. He had the fun level. We talked all about kind of like the statistics and everything like that. So I told him, like, at some point we got to have you come on our show and we can talk a movie. And, you know, same old, same old, but new people always makes it real fun. That sounds pretty awesome. And it's called the, what's it called? The VHS called what? Via VHS. All right. But, yeah, so, yeah, all kinds of cool stuff there. So, yeah, be sure to check out Via VHS on Twitter. You can find it there, and that should link you to all, you know, podcasts and the website and all that good stuff. Okay, that sounds pretty awesome. I think I follow him on Twitter. I'll double check. I'll have to check his show out, too. But, yeah, so so he's kind of got, like, I think a brand new version of the show. You know, he's kind of, like, renovating it a little bit, so that's what this new one is. Well, 1990 Ninja Turtles is such a magical movie when you really think about it. It's just that one that... It came right after, like, the same time that, like, Batman and Masters of the Universe and kind of when they were starting to make kind of comic book slash cartoon movies again and kind of going down this, like, I mean, it's really like the start because from this point on, there's, like, a wave of 90s movies that are almost kind of sort of forgotten nowadays, but you forget how many uh, comic book movies were made because of the success of both Batman and Ninja Turtles. Our family grows. The city itself will be our playground to use as we please. Rewarding ourselves and punishing our enemies. We've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. There is a new enemy. Freaks of nature. Together, we will punish these creatures. What the heck was that? Looked like sort of a big title in a trench coat. things that weren't even based off anything were still trying to ride that kind of vibe of that because you still had like on the Batman spectrum of things 
you had like Dark Man by Sam Raimi, uh-huh. and then you also had uh, I mean I'm gonna assume nearly any like. 90s funny ninja surf movie was inspired by Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah, because then you get three ninjas, then you get yeah. surf ninjas, I mean, even things like Double Dragon, like, because clearly the game's not like ninja, ninja Turtles, but they sure make the movie feel like it, you mm-hmm. know, so it, it's amazing how, like, at the end of the day, Ninja Turtles is what creates the 90s kid stereotype. <laughs> I guess at the end of the day, like, what inspires a 90s kid more than a Ninja Turtle, really. Think about it. Like, that is, like, everything we think of in the 90s kid. It's like, he all came from the Ninja Turtles lifestyle. And Bart Simpson, too. So, yeah, yeah it is kind of like a big fusion of those two. And it's one of those things where, because when you're, A, a we didn't have the internet back then. So when something came up, you're like, well, what's this? And on top of that, you know, I, I, I actually remember just coming across this movie Surprise. One day, my parents come home with a VHS, like, it's a live action? Because I don't remember. I mean, maybe I did, and I just was too young to remember, but I don't remember seeing any commercials or ads for it anywhere. Just one day, came home with a VHS, like the Ninja Turtles movie, and just watched it and fell in love with the movie. Because, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, there's this is definitely one of those movies. It is like, uh, how, how, how do I put this? It definitely is a kids' movie, but in some weird way, it's kind of like I remember a lot of the jokes kind of going over my head as a kid and watching it now. And there are moments where I'm like, okay, the turtles just dancing, bumping into each other. That's for the kids. Watch it now, like, oh wow, there's actually some jokes in here that like, because you look at some of the earlier like reviews of this movie back when it came out, and like they really didn't give it enough credit in some aspects. Oh, yeah. Well, it's one of those ones, like, well, because a lot of those jokes, it sounds weird, but, like, they're really, like, your grandparents' jokes in there. I mean, like, when Michelangelo's doing a James Cagney fucking impersonation, like, you know, nowadays, that's like a hundred-year-old fucking impersonation when you really think about it. Or maybe not that Mm -hmm. old, but close to it, you know? So, and and this is what it's from, though, because as being, like, an 80s kid, you watch just, like, TV, and a lot of TV was a bunch of reruns of old things, so people were more, like, circulated with all kinds of stuff. I mean, even as when we were kids, like, I watched, like, every fucking old sitcom and all kinds of old movies that I just don't think a lot of people nowadays would watch because they have the choice to make decisions. Where back in the day, you're like, oh, fucking Andy Griffith's on? Okay, I'll watch Andy Griffith, you know. Oh, you know, fucking The Honeymooners are on? Okay, I guess I'm watching Honeymooners. So I, you know, Sanford and Son, watched all those. So I just watched all this stuff like that because that was just what was on TV. And I think that's kind of like what Ninja Turtles represent is the fact that they just watch whatever comes on TV. This is how they learn about the outside world. Mm-hmm. And this is what makes them kind of who they are. There's also that aspect of it where, because I'm reading it, reading some of these reviews, just out of curiosity, you know, they said like, none of them have any personality. They're all just kind of saying buzzwords of the time. And to some extent, I, I kind of get what they're saying, because there's that part at the very end when they're all staying in a circle, like, bodacious, radical, yeah, you know, then I'll say, it's like, I always liked Kawabunga. And then the freeze frame. <laughs> I made another funny. Another funny. All right, that's for the second one. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> I made a funny. <laughs> I made another funny in the second one. That's right, and that's where they have the freeze frame. But they're all students like, yeah, bro, yeah. So I can totally get why a parent would not like, would be like, oh, this is so fucking stupid. But at the same time, though, 
looking back, because sometimes you assume, oh man, this is going to be horrible going back and watching it. You're like, actually, no, it actually, in some weird way, stands out st- still, you know, because there's enough there. Like, I'll be honest, a lot of the human stuff is actually better than you think it is. The turtles are still mostly, I mean, turtles are a fun part of the movie. Turtles still are just kind of the dancing and bumbling around, at least Mikey and Donatello are. Because yeah. I think I think the whole reason why they made Donatello just kind of like another Michelangelo is because Corey Feldman was voicing him. And they are using that to help sell the movie. Well, it's kind of weird because I'll, that's always been sort of my slight complaint to this movie, is I felt like they just didn't have Donatello dialed in. Like, all the all the other three ones, they have their personalities. Leo's the leader, Raphael's the re- rebel, Michelangelo's the fun-loving party guy, and then Donatello, in this one, it's like... They give him a couple lines that might say that he is kind of smarter, but they also make him more like the dweeb of, like, the group. Like, he's kind of the guy who just sort of, like, trails around fucking Michelangelo. It's, he's not really all there with, like, his social skills. Like, they kind of make him, like, I, I just think that was the one character they didn't really understand enough. Because in the second one, they finally give it to her. It's like, oh, I can hack into this program, you know? Like, what Michelangelo, or what uh, Donatello needs. But in this one, he's just kind of there as, yeah, literally the second Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. Or there's the part where, like, uh, there's one part for a second, for a second, he gets kind of, like, existential and all that, where they're all sitting out there underneath the, uh, underneath, like, the, the gutter, waiting for the pizza guy to come by. He says, like, you ever think about what Splinter said about not being here one day? Nah, bro, pizza's coming. <laughs> well, isn't that Michelangelo and Leo that are sitting there, though? Yeah, it's Michelangelo and Leo... I think it's Michelangelo and Donnie. I think that's who it is. Maybe it is Leo. No, it's Leo it the... that comes by. It is? Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Okay, never mind. I was like, okay, they gave Donnie kind of a moment. Like, all right, never mind. That is... <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope. See? That's what I mean. That's about the only, like... I, I consider that the only weakness to the movie is that I just feel that Donatello is just not there. Maybe that's just because Donatello's always been my favorite character. So when Donatello's kind of like, oh, he's, he's not all the way there, it's like the, the guy that I have to relate to... My relatable character in this world is not all there. It's kind of like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. The other thing I that you... S- or no, go you go ahead, ahead first. I was going to say... Um, uh, spoilers ahead, folks. You know, if you listen to the show enough, you probably know that. But just so we can say spoilers ahead for mm-hmm. this movie that's almost 30 years old by now, I guess. That's okay. Those but, are, it's everybody's first movie at some point. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that like they really excessively use damn a lot. And it's yeah. not like that's the worst word, but it's I guess it just kind of threw me off just a little because at the time, it's not like Batman, which has like almost an 80-year history. So it's, you know, audiences kind of grew up with it by this point. Ninja Turtles was still a pretty new thing. It had when... six years. That's the ridiculous thing. As I was looking at that, because this movie's 1990, Ninja Turtles came out in 84. And it's not like it came out in DC or Marvel or Dark Horse or... It was fucking self-published in its own little thing, and only three years later after its release, it's turned into a fucking cartoon show, which means it was probably turned to a cartoon show only two years after its release, if not even earlier. And then there's a fucking movie made, like, five years later. That's, like, that's ridiculous to think about when you really think it there. Yeah. You know, Bob Kane's just like, fucking bullshit! I had to work my entire goddamn life to get a live-action movie. It's like, you got (laughs) cereals, not the same fucking thing! Not the same fucking thing. I had to make Bill Finger work day in and night as I sat there waiting for the phone to ring to get a movie deal. They made a Superman movie. I thought that, like, I was going to be next. Nope. They made four more Superman movies and a Supergirl movie. Can you fucking believe that shit? 
Fucking Bill Finger was breaking his back working for me there. You know, I kept telling him, it's going to be okay. Once that movie deal comes in, you won't have to draw anymore. Or write. Or clean my clothes. <laughs> or make me dinner when I don't feel like getting up. That really, you kind of beat me to the punch on the Bill Finger thing. Because once I kind of found out more about, there's the rumors here. And once I kind of looked more into the whole Bill Finger thing and looked back at interviews of, with Bob Kane, he seems to be more in love with the idea of the fame of being, I made Batman, rather than, isn't Batman fucking awesome? He <laughs> yes. seems to be more like, he's awesome, because I made him. So yeah, he look seems at me. Like way, he seems way too married to the idea of being like, you know, Batman, I'm the guy who made Batman. We know, Bob, we know. <laughs> Just Yeah, we'll get a movie someday. Just chill the fuck out. Oh, what about that Adam West show? Yeah, we've seen the 66 show. It's great. Can we just move on? You know why it's great? <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh, Bob. Because Bob there. Wait, wait, you know, that relationship, it always reminds me of the Apple relationship. Like, Bob Kane is like almost like the Steve Jobs. And then, like, fucking Bill Fader's the Steve Wozniak. He's the guy who's kind of like doing all the work, but maybe you needed. To have the guy who, okay, yeah, didn't lift nearly as much fucking, like, stones to build this pyramid. But at the end of the day, maybe that's the one guy that is how it kind of got out more. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. Like, I, I hate to say that, but it's like, well, it's, do you think Bill Finger, he, I mean, obviously this is back in time. By himself, do you think he could be nearly as, like, recognizable this day and age? Or did he need to have sort of a Bob Kane to sort of get him there? Same with, like, Steve Wozniak. Like, what would Steve Wozniak be just by himself in a garage? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, who I knows? Really I mean, want... like, it could be anything. But, like, I always kind of feel that sometimes there's those kind of people in life, like, they, they don't really have, like, the good skills in necessarily making stuff, but they have the good skill of getting something from here's where it's being made to now we're fucking selling it to people. I'd like to assume that maybe if he was, because that's what it was. It was, it was a contract deal. It was like, you make this for me, I own the character, but I'll give you some money, just a little bit of money off the character I made, and then he just kind of fucked him over on that deal. And to, we won't lean too hard into that, because it's, you know, it's, it's a Ninja Turtles uh, episode, but I think that is the case, and I think you have something where these guys did independently, and that's going to be crazy, knowing how long it took some characters to get made, and how long it took others. And I think that's already past it. Well, let's see. Well, I guess this movie probably would have started filming around the same time Batman was almost done, probably, right? Yeah. Batman came out in 89, this came out in 90. So, so yeah, and I always assume, you know, like, a movie kind of gets started about at least a year before it's kind of, like, made. You know, because this movie's kind of a... They call it an independent movie. I mean, I just consider it more of a low-budget movie. I mean, like, I'm going to say this. It's New Line Cinema. It's not that independent. It's definitely not... Fuck. It's like the Lion's Gate of the day, but, you know, it's not like it's... uh. Yeah, I mean, it's not Fox, and it's not fucking, you know, Universal or something like that, but it's still not, like, small, small. Even though it's kind of, like, mostly horror films at this point, Blumhouse is kind of the new, new line cinema. Yeah, well, because it's kind of, like, that's what Lionsgate sort of was, like, in the late 90s, 2000s. It felt like it was the new line cinema of that time period. Mm -hmm. Because new line cinema really is, like, what made them their big profit before Ninja Turtles was Nightmare on Elm Street. That was their big moneymaker. And then Ninja Turtles was the thing that fucking skyrocketed New Line Cinema. Because they made this movie for, like, $13 million, and they grossed, like, $365 or something. Or, no, 136 originally, but, you know, by this point, they've grossed, like, so much money off this fucking movie. Well, I think this movie's also a combination of multiple things, of what, like, just business-wise, of why it panned out. They've heard that 
oh my god, Warner Brothers, they are like putting so much money into this Batman movie. They're going to try and make a really good Batman movie. They got Tim Burton, they got this all-star cast, Nicholson's playing Joker. Like, you know what? Um, let's do something that's a little cheaper. We know kids like. You know what? And a lot of parents, they may hate it because they have to buy the toys for their kids. But that Ninja Turtles thing, kids fucking love that shit. We would, we probably don't even have to put a whole lot of money in it. We just probably put all the money into the care, into the costumes for the characters and call it good. And regardless, this thing's going to make some fucking money. And yeah. it looks like that's what they did. And it did pan out because this movie helped kind of, I mean, not, maybe not in a narrative kind of way for the story, but more like finance, uh, financially, it's going to kind of pushed film making in a different direction for a while. Oh yeah, and I think New Line Cinema, I want to say this was the company that had or no wait, was this New Line that had this philosophy? I don't know, maybe they stole it from somebody else, but I want to say they had the philosophy that you would come into New Line Cinema and you go, hey I got this movie I want to make, and then they'd look at it and go okay, this looks like a ten million dollar movie or this looks, movie looks like it'll make twenty million bucks, I'll give you ten million dollars to make it you know, that's like kind of how they looked at it. And I bet you this was one of those ones that were like, eh, $30 million movie, we'll give you a 13 to make it. And then next thing you know, it's fucking over 100 which is ridiculous. You know I mean? That's like a blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you just think about the profits you get from that. It's like, oh, that's so... And the thing is, too, is you don't need any really recognizable... I mean, they got Corey Feldman in there. And Corey Feldman's got like a weird kind of like career path before this. Because, you know, it's like he's in The Goonies. In Friday the 13th, part four, he's the one that kills Jason, which is fucking odd when you really think about it. It's like, who kills Jason in the final, in Friday the 13th, the final part? It's like, oh, a fucking 10-year-old kid. He's, uh, he's like, Corey Feldman's just a weird character in general. I think it's one of those things, because... He's a weird character. (laughs) He's a fucking character. He is. He's a fucking character, dude. Uh, There was, like, some morning show he was on. Like, the thing is, because he's this guy who's, like... He was always like, hey, bro, it's me, Corey Feldman. Like, you expect him kind of riding in on screen on a skateboard, like, all times. And he's a child act. He was a child actor on top of that, so he's kind of raised in that world. And then, on top of that, if you just see him, like, there was some morning show, and he came in like, hey, so I'm producing music now. It's called Corey's Angels. And I'm this, and it's, and like, it's a, it's almost like this concept album about all these girls who I, you know, kind of like hang out with or here with me, they play instruments, and it's about them helping me get out of hell, which is a metaphor for addiction and drinking, and it's like, are you, it, it just like, he kind of takes himself too seriously for the shit he's into and wants to do. Yeah, it sounds like a movie he would have starred in, <laughs> in like the like mid-90s. Well, I think, like, this is probably a movie he pitched. Like, I want to find a way where I can hang out with a bunch of hot chicks with guitars. Like, just make a fucking album, dude. You can throw that, like, you get the cross. It'd be a little cheaper. He probably always does the things like, Dude, I'm the guy that killed Jason! Come on! Come on! I was Donatello! Yeah, for one movie. (laughs) They don't bring him back in the second one, that's right. No, it's like, they bring back, like, everybody else, but they don't have him. It's kind of funny how that is. Did they bring back Judith uh, Hogg? No, they didn't bring her back because apparently she was like a bitch to work with. Like, she just kind of complained the whole time. She thought the movie was too violent. It's kind of weird. I saw that a lot. A lot of people thought this movie was too violent. They actually even fired the director, fucking, um, what's his name, Steve Barron, like at the very end of the movie, because it was going too dark. So it's kind of. I don't know what that was. Yeah, it's like. It'd be interesting to see what would happen if he would have finished it and he would have been like, no, 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 let's do it my way. Well, there's an earlier cut, apparently, 
where the part when there's the, when they're doing training and there's the one kid who gets knocked down and he fly just smashes him, his, him in the throat while he's down and walks away. Originally, they just left that there and they they ADR'd. Oh, he's still breathing as he walks away. In France, they kept it that way because the French good, like, people understand death. <laughs> French are like. The life is shit. The turtles understand that. It's like, fuck that American boy. We need one American to die in this movie, just to make the French people happy. He should have ran home to his mother, but no. He had to go get the skateboard and... My French is slowly turning German right there, like angry German. You know what I like about that fucking set where um, the fucking um, Shredder hangs out and everything like that, and where. All the mm-hmm. kids are there. That's the same section um, that Super Mario Brothers, like the New York, or the Dinotopolis, or whatever the fuck it's called. It's that same set right there. Just changed around. I believe that. I totally believe that. They it's also probably, like I, the I, same bar from The Crow. <laughs> That's why a lot of these movies look so similar. Crow's is another one that was trying to ride that Batman-like yep. fame right there. Totally there. But I just thought that was awesome. It's like, oh my god, that, it's all coming together now. <laughs> I just love, because that, that area right there, where the Foot Clan is, it's like, dude, that is the most ultimate fucking, like, 80s slash 90s kid, like, hangout. It's like, there's fucking arcades, there's gambling, there's skateboarding, there's fucking kids DJing and fucking playing punk rock music all at the same time. Well, it's also there's like fucking, say, there's fucking uh, Sam Rockwell's hang, handed out cigarettes. That's right. That was Sam Rockwell. Holy shit! Is this menthol or original? <laughs> yeah. See, I look at them like that scene right there. I don't think you could ever get away with a scene like that nowadays. Fucking kids smoking and gambling, and well, they're not drinking. They, they're like drinking Coca Cola, you know. But still, they literally showed like a little kid with a big ass cigar. Yeah, gambling and drinking a Pepsi. Well, that, <laughs> baby steps now. They'll get there one day. I'll, you know, gambling, you know, Pepsi's probably worse for you than gambling. I'm going to say it. Yeah, and Pepsi's probably worse for you than having a beer. So, yeah. So, uh, but at the same time, though, that it, it is one of those things because, like, now I'm watching that. I was, I was watching that and I was thinking about the um, 2007 animated one. And I was like, just like you said, like, there's no way the 2007 animated one would have a bunch of kids just drinking and, like, partying. And, and I'll say this. Even though that start scene seems a little kind of uh, dark for, like, the time. Like, oh, wow, they're showing these kids do all this. And, then, you know, like, like who's that? That's the, that's, the re- that's the renegade ginger kid. How do you know he's renegade? He's, he's got a Sid and Nancy t-shirt. <laughs> It'd be funny if he had a Sid and Nancy t-shirt on and it wasn't Sid Vicious and, Na- and Nancy. It was actually, like, the Gary Oldman one. Just saying. That, that, that would make me laugh even more. But it was one of those things, watching that, I was just kind of thinking about, like, those kids are actually pretty tame. I think if you kind of took any, like, random kid, just, hey, kids, uh, here's the new rec center. Here we got gambling. We got cigarettes. Here's guitar amps. Here's DJing. I honestly think that thing would have just been pure anarchy. It probably would have been, like, Mad Max up in that fucking thing. So the fact those kids, even though they're gambling and smoking... I think they had that shit under control. They seem fairly tame. Well, you know what I think it is? I think it's Shredder and his fucking right-hand man. What's his name? Tattoo or... Tattoo. Yeah. Tattoo. Tattoo. Like, those guys... Well, it's like what they had. It's like they pretty much had it, like, literally, like, um, a childlike fucking military camp. So they probably are working fucking hardcore, like, 12 hours a day. And then it's like, you get your four hours. 
a fun time. Enjoy. And it's just like one of those ones they get that little bit just to kind of make them like want to stay there. But then mm-hmm. the rest of the time they're fucking hardcore like trading in martial arts and fucking stealing VHS players and shit. Mm-hmm. I like that's like that's what shredded it. He's like so pissed off at fucking Yoshi for like taking his woman that he goes to the New York fucking murders both of them and then decides he's like I will take the children of New York and have them steal from their own families to forge my empire like his his whole like his whole monitoring system is just not normal cameras it's just like oh they're all flat screens <laughs> only the best of the best for Shredder and the Foot Clan I know but it's one of those ones like it is kind of an interesting thing because that topic almost is you know you think about that that 80s 90s topic always was like kids and gangs it didn't really matter if it was LA New York or anywhere in between that was always like a big deal so instead it's like they're using that like well what's the gangs like in this Ninja Turtles environment oh well they're fucking learning martial arts too so it's almost like kind of a proactive gang <laughs> <laughs> Teach him self-defense. I, I will say there's that part when Shredder comes out. He says, like, these freaks, these abominations. And like, okay, okay. And he's like, these turtles. You think to be the one guy in the group like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, wait, did you just say turtles? Because <laughs> they haven't and brought even, fucking it, Splinter it, in And no yet, one's so. surprised when they bring in Splinter. Because I mean, there's the one kid, Danny, that, fuck that kid. I don't care if, I don't care if that little fucker has this redeeming moment where he's like, April, I can't go back to my dad, this and that. Like, I don't care if that kid has that moment. Fuck that kid. At the very end, when he goes back to his dad, <laughs> he, like, he says, like, dude, he turns around. I just would have seen, like, just, he looks at the kid, just goes back to doing what he's doing. He says, dad, it's me, Danny. He's like, I have no son. <laughs> get ends. the fuck out of here. You get the fuck out where you belong. Well, there's a part where he's like, Dad, it's like it's not like it's, it's that moment you think it's gonna be like a nice moment. Like I'm sorry, Dad. Like I fucked up. I love you. And no, it's more just like no, Dad. It's Dan now. I got a job. I'm smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Hell, I got a kid on the way. <laughs> I gotta make some life decisions at twelve. You didn't fuck one of those turtles, did you? <laughs> no, it's like and I, I saw your gang. There, there was like almost no fucking females in it. There's like the two girls, the two girls that walk by for a second. So, yeah, you know, like get the, yourself checked like on the that token shit. Females, and I'm pretty sure if anybody's fucking them, it's Shredder. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, he doesn't look. I know he's wearing purple and all, but I don't think he's the gay type. <laughs> well, I don't know. He's got about magenta. 60 fucking boys around him. Maybe he is. Like, he's doing boys. the Neverland Ranch thing. Yeah, he's fucking shooting them up on heroin. That's why they're so fucking obedient. <laughs> it's a fucking opium den in fucking New York. <laughs> He sprinkles it on the french fries and all the, like, deep-fried food that they get. Yeah, and their fucking Burger King Whopper, like, endorsement that they got going on there. You know what's the weird thing, though, is this movie, though, literally has, like, almost no females in it. Except for April O'Neil, there's, like, barely any women in this movie. It's, like, total, like, fucking man-fest. I want to say I saw this... Man-fest 1990. <laughs> I want to say I saw the same girl walk by three times in that whole, like, gang. <laughs> I think and so. Then... But yeah, there's, there's, there's like the token woman that like walks by in the gang, and I yeah, once again, I have no idea. For all we know, she could have been a fucking like hooker that was brought in, and they just couldn't use that scene where like the kid's fucking <laughs> buying a hooker, and he's doing like a risky business thing in the back there. Sort of the original cut. That's when the guy got fired off the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because he had fucking twelve year olds selling sex in the back of the arcade while people are skateboarding. Sam Rockwell, like, what will it be, man? I got the two token women here. Who's gonna fucking buy? 
yeah, got like right, six got... cigarettes hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> that's right, because you've got you do have because you got April Neal, you got that girl in the background, and then maybe the other news reporter she's talking to for a second. Yeah, like that yeah, that one other scene. It's about like it. And then like I'm trying to think, like there there's other that the other part of the movie, because I, I know that Raphael got his ass kicked. Because that period in the movie is a kid, I was just like, wow, this got really dark. Cause like we're fucked up. We got to go out into the countryside and like get. It, it almost if, if you watch this movie without subtitle, if you if you know if you speak English and just watch this movie with no subtitles and just came in at that part, you're like, oh, they're trying to get this turtle off heroin. <laughs> well, it just it makes me laugh because it's just like, like it's like, oh, Raphael got beat up. So what do they do? They just like fucking chuck him face down into like a fucking <laughs> bathtub, and he's just like fucking laying in there, like one arm <laughs> hanging out, halfway in, half like it's like what the fuck. Well, I remember, the, I just remember seeing that scene, just being like that, like as a kid, just being not traumatized, but kind of like, whoa, that's that's serious. They yeah, never I did know. that in the TV show. They never had the moment, you know, just because it looks like if you just did not know what was going on, you just came in that part right where they get to the farmhouse. Like, why is this one turtle all fucked up? It almost <laughs> seems like we're like we're gonna get you clean, man. We're gonna get you clean. We're taking you out to the country. Well, yeah, because it doesn't look like he's being, like, recovered, you know what I mean? I, I, it's, it's one of those ones, sometimes I feel like, well, they're turtles. You wouldn't just put them in a bed. you got to put them in water, you know what I mean? Something like that, maybe. Or it's, like, one of those things, just watching that, I was thinking, like, um, it, the way it was shot almost looks like, are we watching, like, a David Fincher movie right now? Just the shot of, like, Rafa, of like Leonardo sitting on the stool in the bathroom with, like, Raphael in the bathtub fucked up across from him. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. One of those ones. Like, fucking Raphael got... He snuck into the Foot Clan's area and found that they were opium den. And then next thing you know, the, all these children ran out with needles and started stabbing him. <laughs> he got more doses than any normal human could handle, but since he's eternal, he might make it. He's. It's not totally cool. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those ones, I will say, like, this is something that used to bother me back in the movie, because I always thought this was kind of a weird thing. When Splinter's telling, like, the origin story of the turtles, and then he kind of goes into the part where he's like, and from my cage, you know, I was I watched my master Yoshi, and I learned his skills. And I was like, that, that to me was always one of those ones I was like, that, that sounds so fucking corny. I know I'm watching a movie about fucking, like, teenage mutant ninja turtles, but for some reason that always lost me there as a kid. Like, I always thought in the cartoon it was more like, no, Splinter was Yoshi, and then when he came to New York, when he fucking picked the turtles up out of the radiation, since he was hanging out with the rats, he turned more rat-like, and since the turtles were hanging out with the human, they turned more turtle-like. That, to me, was a more logical story. But then when I read the comics, and it was like, oh, fuck, that actually was, like, pulled directly from the comics, it's kind of like, I gave it so much more leeway. I'm like, because that movie, it's like, if you read the first, like, six issues or whatever, like, the first graphic novel you can go out and pull, that movie's, like, fucking, like, really fucking accurate. And I bet you it was only going to be even more accurate if, the, if that director was kind of allowed to go, like, 100% the way he wanted to go. Because you was, read that, and it's like those stories, it's like, dude, they literally picked really well. It, that is definitely not a movie where somebody, like, looked at Ninja Turtles and kind of, like, threw it over their shoulder and said, yeah, I think I can figure this one out. Well, apparently, Robin Williams was a big fan of it. And when, when he was starring the movie with uh, Judith Hogue, he said, oh, you know what? I really like Ninja Turtles, the comics. He, and he lent her some of his books to like so she can get an idea of his character. Yeah, which that's so, really cool. Which, if, she, if, if my thing is, because, like, you know, the, I've never read the original comics, but I've seen them. And 
you know that is so much more violent than this movie. Well, here's the thing, though. It's like, definitely, if you ever get the chance, go out and pick up those original comics. They are like, it's one of those ones, like, I guess for the years, I always thought, I'm like, it'd be cool to read, but it's like, well, you know, I've seen the show. I've seen the different movies. You kind of felt like, you know, sometimes there's that kind of thing where it's like, am I going to get, like, that much more out of them? And then when I was reading it, it's like, no, these things are fucking amazing. But at the same time, though, they make them out like, oh, they're so much more darker than, like, the other stuff. Not really. Like, just maybe, like, one step more. You know what I mean? Like, let's say this movie's a PG. They're maybe borderline PG-13. Like, they really are not... I don't know. People always make them out like they're that much darker. The only thing different is, like, you know, somebody might die. And it's like, oh, okay, there, there is actual maybe death and so on. Where Maybe in the cartoon show, they'll shy away from things like that. That's about, like, the only real difference. I mean, you know what I mean? It's not... It's not as drastic as people make it out to be. Let's just say that. I'd imagine it probably got darker as it went on, but at the same time, I figured it wasn't as dark as it is. I figured it wasn't as dark as they'd always make that shit out to be. Like, I don't imagine them being all angry and brooding, because the original comic was partially satire on Frank Miller and other comics of the 80s. Kind of like that idea of, like, look how serious something called Batman takes itself. I mean, you were not totally shitting on Batman, but it's just. It's so serious. It's a guy who dresses like a bat. And then they took in the aspect of like, we're so serious and we're called the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then like, oh, you know what? We could fucking sell this thing to kids. <laughs> so it kind of became the very thing it was making fun of in some aspect. Yeah. I mean, actually, not so much Not so much in the aspect of, because like, it never got too dark, but I mean, in the aspect of it being like, it went from being satire to just embracing, like, oh, no, it's going to be a silly thing to sell the kids. Yeah, because really, I'll say this, it's not, it's, I wouldn't even say it's even, like, close to being as dark as, like, The Dark Knight Returns. People make it out like it's in, like, that same ballpark, and it's, and I thought that's not, that's not a bad thing. Like, to me, it just feels like, it's just kind of like what you would expect a comic book variation to be out of anything kind of, like, kid-oriented, because generally in a comic book, this is the best example. It's like, okay, it's like if you took Transformers, the TV show, and compared it to Transformers, the 84 movie or 86 movie. Mm -hmm. That's, like, the difference between the comics and, like, the show and the movies, I guess you could say. It's, like, it's about that much more, like, where shit can get a little bit more real. I mean, fuck, Shredder dies, like, in issue three or four, which is pretty much, like, the end, end of the movie there. It's, like, he doesn't come back for, like, ever. You know what I mean? Like, they that was kind of like, oh, that's just our first arc. You know, that's all Shredder is. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, because the Ninja Turtles, I mean, I, I know they have more villains, but that's the thing with the movies and the shows seem to have, at least the original show, seem to have in trouble with, is they always just go to Shredder, and Shredder gets help from someone else. Shredder Krang will go get help from someone else. I'm like, they gotta have another big villain. And I, I'll be honest, like, the show was... I mean, I still like Ninja Turtles, but it's one of those things, like, it was, like, my favorite thing when I was, like, in kindergarten and all that. And I mm -hmm. still like it. I still have a fond memory of it. I still watch these movies. But if you ask me to tell you an episode of the show, of the original TV show... I really don't... I don't know if I can tell you an episode. I can tell you maybe moments or characters, but the show itself, I barely... Like, episodes I barely remember. Well, this is where, like, I, I always tell people, if you want to go back and just have, like, the best experience of, like, the Ninja Turtles cartoon show, is you just watch the first season. Because the first season, it's only six episodes long, but it's fucking amazing. Like, all six episodes are, like, completely different. It has a full-on arc in it, so it's pretty much, like, a, just a really good movie. And it gives you, like, everything you love about Ninja Turtles, like, all in one nice span. Because the downfall is, is I think seasons, like, two, three, and even four, that's where it starts to become, like, literally, like, they just fight Shredder over and over. It almost becomes kind of rehashed. And then as the show goes on farther, it does start to get back to, like, 
I, I want to say, because I remember like watching it later in its run, you start to get to the point where, okay, now they're not just fighting Shredder anymore, and now there's the, these other characters and stuff being brought in, and they're doing different things. But those first six episodes, though, like what I like about those so much is that they are very different from each other. It's like they're, they were so well made. So that's almost like the best experience. It's just watching that first season. It's very short, but it gives you like the ultimate experience because the next handful of you know seasons, you almost got to kind of man them down because you just kind of realize it's like a lot of the same old, same old over and over. And I'm not saying there's not good episodes in there, but there's still a lot of like rehash kind of episodes. Well, it became a thing of um, we got to have this episode so we can sell this toy of this character because they would have a character that's maybe there for one or two episodes never be seen again but to be a toy like most of the toys out there of the ninja turtles were not really the ninja turtles but just side characters that popped in for one episode i remember some of the toys i had for him and i don't even remember seeing those i don't even remember in the show i remember there was like an italian pizza guy that had like a peg leg foot and like the the peg leg was stabbed into a pizza box and he had like a saw for a hand and then there is, you know, then there's just the random variations of the turtles. Like, here's Samurai Ninja Turtles. Here's yeah. Ninja Ninja Turtles. Here's here's Farmer Ninja Turtles, you know? Yeah. So. No, and I want to say that Farmer one, I remember being, like, totally real. Because there was one where they had fucking, like, overalls on and everything. I was like, what the? I just remember being a kid looking at that, like, why? Like, you know I mean? I just want, a re- just like Batman, I just want, can I just have a regular Ninja Turtle? Do they always have to be fucking in, like, their alternate outfits? You know what I mean? Well, doing a little bit of research for this movie, I just kind of fell down the YouTube hole. Because I was looking on, like, you know, things about movie being made. And in the related search, things for the new show popped up. And there's an episode, I just watched one of it. And I think I could fully say, without, with only seeing one episode, the new show is probably more likely better than the the original. At least, it is a majority. Maybe the first six episodes are amazing. But Mm -hmm. it is a majority. Because watching it, there's one where they're doing some, like, dimensional travel thing. And it's the current generation, you know, this 3D one jumps into the 2D world, and they're all 2D animated. They're interacting uh-huh. with the the original, the uh, ones we grew up with, and it's more of those designs. And it's kind of like the thing, like, hey, look, guys, there's pizza. Like, no, we can't go out there and get pizza. Why? Because we're ninjas. Ninjas don't go out in public, and like we do all the time. You know, so it's kind of like <laughs> self-aware in some aspect. Yeah, I remember when the episode came out. That was a big deal. Like when that one was coming on. And they had Rob Polson, like, because I know in the new show he voices uh, Donatello. He was also voicing Raphael. And I think at some point they make a joke, like, they say together at the same time, your voice sounds really familiar. They make some quick joke about that. So I think something like that. So it's one of those things, like, I mean, that's the only episode I saw, but that one episode, like, that's really good. And it was actually even, you know, my limited memory of the Turtles, like, that's actually pretty good and pretty funny. I bet, I bet if I actually watched the show, it'd be a good one. Well, I've heard from multiple people that that show, and this is adults too, people even older than us, that that fucking show is awesome. Because the only thing to me is when that show originally came out, I watched like one episode, and I was kind of like, it reminded me of watching like The Batman. I'm like, it's okay, but the the CG was kind of weird because it looks like CG from like 2002, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, like that, that, that part was a little bit hard for me to get into, but I bet you if I sat down and watched it, I'd really like it. The one show that actually I think that is actually better than the original, I mean is the TMNT one that came out in, like, 2000. Like, that run right there, where the show got a little bit darker, it had kind of the anime vibe, sort of like how um, Teen Titans did. That show, like, because I've watched, like, I bought, like, a, like some random, like, seasons of it before that I just saw. It's like, oh, five bucks for season five of this show? Sure, I'll take that. And um, 
that one was really impressive at how good it was. Like, I think that show is a much better Ninja Turtles show. I just think the old, like, the 80s Ninja Turtles, it's more just, like, what makes that thing so amazing is more just, like, the feelings you get of nostalgia. It's just because it takes you back. You got the theme song, their voices, the way that looks. Everything about that is very special. But as far as storytelling goes and things like that, I think these new Ninja Turtle shows are definitely where it's at. I can honestly say, regarding just the movies... Uh, and I might get hate for this, but I think the 2007 one is probably, in my opinion, the best movie. Now, I mean, I don't probably get as much nostalgia or much warm feelings as I do when I watch the first one or number two. But story-wise and thematically, I really think the the fourth one, TMNT, I think that's probably the best of them. Well, I also think, in my opinion, that's my I think that's the most well-made CG movie I've ever seen. Like, I know that sounds so weird when people say it. I'm like... I'm like, that movie's better than any Pixar movie. That movie's better than any Disney movie. Like, that movie's fucking amazing. Like, it looks great. It still holds up really well this day. The story's awesome in it. And I just love how it's also a continuation of these ones, too. It's, like, number four in the series. Well, I didn't even know that one going to see it. I assumed it was a continuation of the, uh, whatever show was out. Yeah, the TMNT. Um, That's what I thought it was, too. And then when I went to see it, but it's Ninja Turtles in theaters. Whatever, I'll go see it. Then I'm watching it, and then like there's little nods here and there, and then the thing that kind of sealed it for me, I'm like, oh, this is a this is the number four in this whole series, is when I when they go in the trophy room and you saw the can of ooze, you saw the time machine scepter thing from the third one, you saw Shredder's, Shredder's mask. Helmet. So it's one of those things like, oh wow, this is number. And plus, I, I liked even though the Foot Clan's there, I liked the like, oh. You did one without Shredder. That didn't, yeah. wasn't bad. Because I, I, I tried watching the third one not too long ago. And the third one, I just can't really get behind it, that It's one. okay. Like, I, I can watch it and still enjoy it. Because when I was a kid, it, it always sounds weird. It's like, there's always like the random movie that like really probably isn't that good. But since it's always the harder one to find, it's almost like in your childlike mind, you make it out that it's the better one. And so it's like Ninja Turtles 3. I was always like, oh, dude, Ninja Turtles 3. It's so fucking awesome. They go back to like samurai day- days. You know, like everything about that was like going to speak really well to a child. But yeah, you kind of watch it and it is like, it feels like a made for TV movie. It's a little bit corny. For some reason, the puppets look really kind of weird compared to like one and two. Cause they got like knockoff Jim Henson company doing it or something like that. When they talk in the third one, it's like their mouth moves so fast. And this one, you kind of see their lips and teeth moving in a way where, like, they enunciate. Like, oh, that makes sense the way that would move. Ember's seen the third one. It's just like, hey, guys, let's go. You just like the lips flapping rapidly, quickly, whenever they talk. Just straight, like, oh, yeah. Just slow down. Just slow down. There's no way you're saying all that 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 fast. They're like, well, Star Fox One just came out, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like bobbing their heads up and down, like really fast. <laughs> but um, you know, your tail. <laughs> you know what's one except for it would have been like in the, the Super Nintendo one it's always weird because it's just like sounds instead of the like it's just gonna sound like if you're a parent fucking like who just bought their kids Star Fox one and they're just playing it and that's just all it is like so I like fucking how they dedicated weird. to it though. It's one of those things you just can't have like a little box pop up with the dialogue. They they full on dedicated to like having a guy. Oh, not even a guy. I mean, just making sounds. <laughs> like having full conversations. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's fucking words. If there was no fucking word boxes and they just expected you to like fucking translate that, that'd be even weirder. But well, I'm, I was surprised when I first played 64 because I knew by that point you had. Um, 
you, you, they were able to put like you know actual voice acting onto a 64 cartridge. I knew that by that point, but I was surprised how much there was and how full on conversations are being held in that game throughout that whole game. Oh yeah, it blows you away at that point because you just you just don't expect that. Still, you know, like you like, expect like here's one of the seven sound bites of like the same catchphrase like a Mario game, but that right there is like they're having full on conversations. There's an actual script to this thing. <laughs> It's like in Super Metroid when the game fucking starts up and you see the text and you're like, oh, okay, I'll just start reading. And then all of a sudden it starts reading it to you. You're like, what the fuck? In a Super Nintendo game, it's going to read to me? <laughs> That's when you're a kid. You look at your friend and you're like, we made it. <laughs> we're there. We're in the future, dude. We are. <laughs> we're, we're literally at the same time period as Samus right now. No. Keeping that in mind, that was the same thing when you first saw the, N- the Nintendo Ninja Turtles game. It was like, Turtles. <laughs> 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 exactly like the, the, the regular Nintendo one when they had the arcade version but um, you know what's something else that like this is one of my favorite characters in all of Ninja Turtles and he doesn't appear in tons of things but I think Casey Jones is literally one of the coolest comic book characters of all time and the reason why I love Casey Jones so much is he represents like totally the the working class man of being a superhero you know what I mean? Like, cause you know, people a lot of times like talk about Batman. They're like, Oh, well at least Batman, he doesn't have superpowers, but you're like, yeah, but he's got a billion fucking dollars to buy training and gear and all kinds of stuff. You really can't go out and be Batman. You know what I mean? Like really nobody can be Batman at the end of the day. He's still like, he's just as far out of reach as Superman pretty much is. But Casey Jones, on the other hand, we all got like a fucking garage that has some type of fucking sporting good stuff, and he slings it all like in a golf bag, so he's carrying around fucking hockey sticks, golf clubs, cricket sticks, baseball bats, and he's wearing a hockey mask. It's like, to me, like, I look at that character, and I know some people might go like, oh, you couldn't go fight crime with that. I'm like, dude, that to me... In a sense, like, at the end of the day, dude, he's, like, the original kick-ass character. He's the original guy to, like, kind of go out and say, I can fucking fight crime, you know, and I'll just use my... You know, he's probably got, like, that athletic skills about all he has. I'm going to bring make this slightly local for a second. About, like, a month ago or so, there's some crazy fucking asshole in, like, the financial district of San Francisco who pulled a... Uh, managed to unhinge, like, a parking meter thing. He was running around and smashed Jesus some Christ. Port- I think it was already unhinged. Oh, okay. I think it was already like he fucking knocked like, it out of the ground. Like, like I think the lock was already off it or something like that. And he pulled this thing out and he's just running down the street, just swinging this thing. And he bashed some poor security guard in, in Union Square, bashed him in the face. Okay. And like I'm one of those, th- I'm thinking one of those things like if Casey Jones was there, because that's one of those situations. If some fucking cracked out asshole can do that shit. Then someone can, with enough training could do the Casey Jones hockey stick thing, you know? Exactly. But I, I legitimately think of Casey Jones, like, I mean, I would say up there, like, in my top list of favorite kind of superheroes, or at least crime fighters. Because I just think that character is so fucking cool, like, and I think you could utilize him for so many things. Like, you could literally have, in my opinion, a Casey Jones-only kind of storyline and it would totally work because that character is, he almost doesn't even need the Ninja Turtles. Like, I think he's that cool on his own. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's fine that he's with the Ninja Turtles. And I kind of wish he was there more often. You know what I mean? Because he's not in two. He's not in three. But he's in four, which is awesome. And then he's in the newest one. And it's cool that he's played by Stephen Amell. The only downfall, I feel, with the Stephen Amell one, it's like, Stephen Amell, like, could Stephen Amell just wear his fucking arrow wig from the five years prior? Like, <laughs> just give him long hair. Because that was, like, the only thing I felt. Like, it just kind of felt like... Stephen Amell just kind of walked on the set like, yeah, give me the fucking mask. I'll do it. You gonna put the wig on? Nah, it sounds like fucking work. 
Well, I'll go ahead and to Stephen Mellon for a second. He was in number three, wasn't he? He was there for a second. He was there when, like, they went back in time. He oh, was there hanging out the Turtles' place. That's But it was, like, right. rather than actually do any action, he was just hanging out with the Japanese dudes the Turtles took the place of. That's right. No, you you are right. I forgot he was in that. That's the only reason I kind of forgot, because he's only in it for just, like, a little bit. He's like, hey, I'm here. Remember me? I guess it didn't pan out between me and April. Uh, but they, they, I guess they got back together because of the fourth one. But, um... But yeah, no. The thing about the newest one with Stephen Amell, it's like, oh, they got they got Arrow playing Casey Jones. That's cool. But it, what annoyed me about that whole about him just being Casey Jones is Casey Jones does not seem like a guy who has it together. But I think that's also kind of the appeal of him. He's clearly meant to be a little more so in the comics. From what I heard, he's meant to be a little bit more insane in the cartoons and the movies. They tone him down a little bit. But at the same exact time, though, it's just like they took the one scene where he wears the hockey mask. And flings it at like you know a cop, not a cop, like somebody, somebody attacking April, and it's it's just one of those things. Like, are you serious? Like, that's like, hey, I'm Casey Jones. We'll throw that in the trailer. That'll be good enough. That's the only time he does that. So it seems kind of like uh, they're well, afraid that hmm? isn't he a cop in that one? Or they have something? He's like... a cop. He was like he was like a driver. He was a he was a driver like like for like a for prison transportation. And he was all walking to Shredder, like, it looks like I'm taking you to the big jail. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, on the way there, that's where you get that big battle. Shredder gets stolen from the Foot Clan. Or no, by Krang. By Krang, actually. And then he go. that's where he goes to the cops and just flat out, like, I, I know it's what he saw, what he saw, and the guy did this in the movies, but he's all like, no, I swear, I saw turtles! Yeah, sure, Jones, how about you take a, how about you get, how about you take a leave of absence or whatever, like, I'll be detective one day, you'll see, I'll show you all! And it's like, <laughs> I, I don't see Casey Jones doing that shit. Yeah, I will say that, I do remember, that was kind of the thing, is like, it was one of those ones, like, I love Stephen Amell a lot, but I did feel like, it's one of those ones, like I did. I yeah, I remember that being kind of the weakest part of that newest Ninja Turtles movie. Is it's like it's cool that they got Casey Jones in there, and I'll say it's better to have that than not have him at all. But it was one of those ones, like I don't think they they they, they didn't understand Casey Jones because I think the whole point of Casey Jones, you want him to be like totally. I think he's got to be like the most ultimate blue glass fucking hero. Like Casey Jones, I don't feel like he would have he would not be working for the police department. You know what I mean? He is totally a fight the power kind of guy. He's the kind of guy who, like, if he's doing a job, he's fucking, like, delivering, like, fish off the dock. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a good job. You know what I mean? He literally has, like, kind of, like, the bottom of the barrel job. But that's what makes him the ultimate fucking, like, savior of the people. Yeah, you know? or it's, it's, it's like a Bruce Springsteen song come to life, basically, when you see him. It is, literally. Yeah, it's a guy who's working at the factory during the day, fucking fighting crime at night. Just as he walks in the room, she's like, as he wears his hockey mask and fights a giant brain, ma'am. <laughs> he got his baseball bats all geared up in line. And crime won't come back again, not this time. I'm in the wrong tune, my bad. Wait, wait, whatever. My, it was the wrong harmonica. Whatever. You got the point. But still, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like that's, and I think that's what makes Casey Jones like. I, every single time I see him, whether I see him in the comic books, whether I see him in the movies or anything like that, I just go like, I would love if I, if I could almost if somebody said like, hey, you could choose one character to fucking write, I would choose Casey Jones over Batman. I mean, realistically, Batman's probably a more marketable like choice. It's gonna get your name out there farther, but realistically, it's like I feel like you could have so much fun writing Casey Jones and really getting into that character. Well, just the character himself. Don't get me wrong. Batman's my favorite fictional character 
of all time, but at the same exact moment. I imagine, even though Casey Jones seems a little off, he seems like he's just having fun with it. Batman seems, even though he's a billionaire, he dates supermodels, does all this, has all these cool gadgets, on top of that, he, and they, there are times where they, they imply that he loves it, there are times they, they imply that it's this burden that he feels he must do. At the same time, he makes so many enemies, and he's always looking over his back. Casey Jones seems the kind of guy who's way more lax about everything, and once he's done fighting crime, he's going to go get pizza and beer with his boys. Exactly. That, that's who Casey Jones is. And I think just that kind of like attitude in life, it's like one of those ones like, he's so low-level that like nobody's really going to go out of their way to figure out who this guy is. He's not... He's just a minor threat. That's about all he really is to everybody's operation. He's just enough there to become like a nuisance. But I think that's the but thing they, that, that catches them off guard, though. They don't. They don't expect him to do as much damage as he does. Exactly. And the, the thing that I just like about it is just like we all could be Casey Jones. We don't need extreme training to be Casey Jones. We don't need money to be Casey Jones. You know what I mean? That's what makes that character so fucking awesome. And that's the thing. It's like, I almost think it sounds so weird. Like, the, don't be wrong. The Ninja Turtles are the main characters there. But I have always looked at Casey Jones as like, dude, that is like the most amazing character they fucking wrote in there. Is this this guy who's just so... Because, you know, you think about it, like, you know, you know, they tried to have Green Arrow. Like, you know, in the 70s, oh, he gets rid of all his money, all that stuff. Well, that, that'd be a great story if he wasn't, you know, the 10 years prior to that, he wasn't fucking backed up with money. It's just like one day, like, yeah, I lost all that money. Good thing I bought all that training beforehand, you know? And don't be wrong, Green Arrow is an, another amazing character. But like... No, it's like nobody really dialed in that character that was just like literally from the streets, had nothing, didn't have the education, didn't have the money, didn't have the skills, and was still able to do something, you know? The other thing about Casey Jones is he's also probably like the easiest Halloween costume. I know, you, you fucking, like, that's what I mean. You could do that. All you need is you need your fucking kind of like, it's more like, it's not really like a Jason mask necessarily. It's a little bit different than that. But you just need your goalie mask. You fucking just grab your clubs. Throw them in there, throw some baseball bats, a couple of hockey sticks, you're good to go. I remember even watching this movie for the first time, being genuinely surprised watching certain things. You knew Shredder was going to be there, you knew Turtles were going to be there, of course. But then you're like, huh, that's Casey Jones! I remember just being so surprised and actually saw him come on screen. Like, I was double-taken for a second. Well, that's what makes this Ninja Turtles movie so good, is the fact that, like, they le- they legitimately took the Ninja Turtles, like... Well, I think it sounds weird to say this, but, like, pretty darn seriously. Like, some, you know, they did a great adaptation. I, I'll say even, like, as much as I love the 89 Batman one, they they understood the Ninja Turtles much better than, you know, Tim Burton understood Batman. Let's just say that. You well, know, they... You could, you, go ahead. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, for something that's only six years old, they had it really fucking dialed in. I mean, yeah, it was, it was a nice balance. I mean, it wasn't, like, probably as hardcore as they wanted to go, because I think, really, the director wanted to do the fucking comic book, like, really bad. That's, like, what he really wanted to do and it's kind of like you know he had to kind of bridge it halfway in between of the tv show but that makes sense you know i kind of get it you know you want to kind of get that nice center ground where you know batman even though it's like was was i love the 89 batman movie that is totally somebody who has like you know this is what how i think batman should go it's not like this is how batman should go it's literally this is how i think it should go where you watch this ninja turtles one it feels like somebody's legitimately trying just to make it how it's supposed to be yeah, and the thing about that, though, is this movie does... The thing I have a pro- problem with a lot of adaptations that have, like, main characters that are not human is they usually just do that thing of, like, here's the human character in the center of all that. And most of the time, not always, most of the time it's a high school kid who stumbles upon a Transformer. 
Or yeah. some guy who's having trouble paying his rent who stumbles upon some fucking Smurfs. I've never seen Smurfs. I'm just guessing. But it's always one of those things like, we gotta have the human character slapped in the middle. And sure, the movie kind of starts with April O'Neil, but it quickly becomes strictly about the turtles, and then she, they interact and bump shoulders with her later. And that, that's what I like, because I, I got a feeling, whenever it comes out, this if the, if the Sonic the Hedgehog movie ever comes out, I'm pretty sure it's going to be some kid who finds a hedgehog or something like that. So, or, you know, it's kind of like, what was the other one? There's like, um, like, it never came out, and I don't think it would have been that good, but there was like a Marvin Martian movie that was going to come out, and... They had, like, it was kind of like a little, not a test film, but like a test short. Like, here's something, here's kind of like a test, you know, little um, sort of semi-trailer kind of thing. And it was really bad. It was a little kid who found, like, oh, I got my own Marvin the Martian who's going to be my friend. It's like, you don't need that. You can just have this Martian going and fucking shit up. Yeah, so, I, the fact this movie just, I don't know if that's going to be a tagline for the movie, but I mean... This Martian fucks some shit up, it's like kind of bleeped out, you just stand there with like a gun and a planet blowing up behind him. Yeah, fuck, I'd be there, that's so Oh yeah, I mean, like, I, and I, I think what with Ninja Turtles, like, April and Neo, that's, the, it's almost like the perfect example of how you do almost like the relatable human character into there, because she doesn't outweigh, you know, I think we're a lot of other ones, like, I'll use Transformers for example. Fucking the kid outweighs the Transformers by far. It's so much more his story. Where in Ninja Turtles, it's fucking the Ninja Turtles story. April O'Neil just happens to be there just to sort of help out. It's not really her story, you know what I mean, at the end of the day. She's not the fucking chosen one. She's not the the character that has to do everything for them. No, she's just kind of there as sort of like almost like an assistant character. At the end. I mean, that sounds horrible to say, oh, what's the woman there for? Well, she's the assistant <laughs> to these five men. And they're like, a broadzilla. Yeah. <laughs> line Casey gives her. Like, it's just a bit like, whoa, what the, there's no way that line would happen this day and age. Well, there's a line that April Neal had that made me fucking laugh. Because, like, when all the fucking, like, the Foot Clan comes to jump her, like, in the subway or whatever. And she goes, what, am I late on my Sony payments? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that, that would almost be considered, like, a racist line this day and age. Well, there's even, there's even that line, like, I, I had to double tap rewind, like, is that what she said? Oh, she did. Uh, there's even that line that she says, um, no, that, wait, is it her, uh, shit, what was the line? There's another, oh yeah, no, there's a line where someone says to, uh, someone says to Casey Jones, like, you're claustrophobic, I never even looked at another man! <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm like, that's a ballsy line for a fucking kids movie, because, well, no kid would have understood what the fuck he just meant right there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, he just called him homophobic. <laughs> like, well, Casey Jones is that guy, like, whoa, 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 I don't fucking touch dicks. Hey, I ain't fucking gay. I ain't fucking gay. I'm gonna go sleep in the van and jerk off alone. <laughs> like, I, I kid you not, Casey Jones is probably a super homophobic person. I, I would not... Well, he probably ex- is, yeah. Here's the thing. That's what makes Casey Jones. He's not PC. He's fucking ballsy. He does what he likes. He says what he wants. You know what I mean? That's who he is. It's not that he hates gay people. He just doesn't want to be next to them because he's afraid that they might, you know, go for him. He's, he's got he's, that kind of view on life. He's like, you know, he's probably going in. <laughs> I'm such a good-looking guy. Just next thing you know, they're going to want to fucking take my dick off and start pulling it in their mouth. Against my will. Yeah, you know, just saying. You know he's how those gay going. people are. Just saying. I mean, I don't know any of them personally, but I'm just assuming. I'm just going off what Andrew Dice Clay says in his acts. Yeah, he's the only guy I trust on gay people. <laughs> he's the authority. <laughs> a man with those giant shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But no, that line is pretty funny and, and very ballsy in there. 
That's always like a weird moment. That's like I don't know. That, that's the only reason I feel like they have that moment is where it's like I gotta go fucking sleep in the cars just so Casey Jones can see the kids sneak on out and fucking track him down. Like, because other than that though, it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. That's just such a weird one. Like, I guess there are those things, guys. Yeah, he sees the kid and he's like, "What the fuck?" And they, that's they. Yeah, that's a good point. Every so often, you just think of like, "Why do that?" Oh, so that guy can bump shoulders to this guy, so that can lead on to the next scene over here. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's like that's like the only reason it's there, but but yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. There's there's some other funny lines in this movie too that I can't think of. Like, well, I like also the end, like when they're doing all the lines, and like they're like cow, you know, before they say cowbone, they're like radical, awesome, bodacious, or whatever, and then like Raphael's like bitchin'. That's right. That's right. I forgot he says that. That's that. another ballsy this... line too, because you think about it, like once again, this movie's in, it's intended for you know give or take ten year olds. So you know that there's like the ten year old now is gonna be fucking walking out of the theater going bitchin', mom. Oh, Jesus for a Christ. short period, of t- for a short period of time, they're trying to make that like a catchphrase for Bart Simpson. Because remember, there's a couple episodes in season one and two where Bart would say bitchin' a lot. But as time went on, though, I think their Simpsons is already getting a bunch of flack of just being kind of like, do you want your children wearing a Bart Simpson t-shirt? So I think they pulled back from that. But I'm surprised they put in this movie because sometimes it's just their voices and just it's hard to kind of always catch everything they're saying once because it's very rapid fire. Like, yo, dancing tequila. So it's like, all right, let's slow down for a second and rewind that whole conversation. Yeah, I know. You don't a lot of times catch those things right away, or at least not especially first or a couple times around. You know what's another interesting I was reading when I was looking at the facts? is Apparently, originally, like in like 86, like before even the cartoon came out, like the Germans wanted to make a Ninja Turtles movie just strictly based off the comic. Yes, we like this, Turtles. We think that it is very nice. <laughs> like to see them kill the unpure. Well, you know what's weird? Wait, thing what? Is- in Germany, it's like, okay, this is this is something I always think is kind of weird, too. Okay, in England, and same with Germany, they had to edit out all of um, Michelangelo's nunchuck scenes. Because for some reason, that. a nunchuck... I don't know, why, why does the nunchuck get so much blame in life? Like, the nunchuck, it's like, it's... A, okay, if there was a... You know, you know they have categories of, like, different drugs, like, the levels of, like, how bad each one is? If they had categories of fucking weapons, you would start off with, like, well, what's the first category? Oh, well, there's blunt objects, you know what I mean? There's, like, baseball bats and clubs, you know, and batons. And then what's the next level? Well, the next level's, like, stabbing objects, like knives and swords and so on. And then what's the next one? The next one's, like, regular guns, you know, rifles, things like that. Then what's the next one? Uh, automatic rifles. You know what I mean? Anything that you can shoot a bunch. Well, then what's the next level? Uh, rocket launchers and nunchucks. <laughs> it's like, nunchucks and rocket launchers? Yeah, yeah. They both are very, very deadly. It's like, well, I, nunchucks always get so much fucking blame. And it's like, dude, one, a nunchuck, you have to be fucking skilled. And if you probably have that kind of discipline, I'm assuming you're not fucking robbing people of nunchucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, the other thing about the nunchucks are, like, because I actually did have a pair of nunchucks at one point in time. And so did I. I can honestly say, I can honestly say I only hit myself in the face with it once. Because I was very careful and I tried to be very... It's never the thing. Like, if you say, like, okay, we got to fight to death right now, choose your weapon. Am I choosing the nunchucks? Fuck no. But they're just <laughs> fun to have and try to imitate Bruce Lee when you can. You know? But it's one of those things, though... Watching, um, I think the thing about the nunchucks in like other countries, because for some reason they're illegal here in U.S. in, in, in uh, California. 
Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, they're both they're that, things. You could have well, a, it's like it's I like think it's they're the their kids thing, are like an Go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's like yeah, it's like literally it's like in that same category as like an automatic rifle. You know what I mean? Like the, the guy who has an automatic rifle and the guy who has a nunchuck, they're both like considered super fucking dangerous. I think it's two things. I think A, you're probably more likely to hurt yourself with it, but at the exact same time, let's be honest, who who do, who who do nunchucks main, mainly like, you know, uh, appeal to? Kids cuz they saw it in a cartoon, they, they saw, saw it in Ninja Turtles or Ninja Turtles or a Kung Fu movie. So it's one of those things like I think that's probably one of the reasons like we don't want the goofy, wacky stoner character want, making kids want to play with dangerous weapons they could whack themselves in the face with. We give Michelangelo all this shit. He's probably my least favorite of the turtles. But at the exact same time, though, it's like, well, for as much of a fuck up as he is, he must have something right because he has the most. Da- he has the most like weapon. He has the weapon that can self weapon. the most. Yeah, they can have the most self-inflicting harm. So. Well, yeah, because those ones, like, you could pick up a couple of size, and, you know, I'm not saying you're going to be a master at it, but you could probably fight somebody pretty well. But if you pick up two fucking nunchucks, good luck <laughs> defending somebody on your first, first, second, and a hundredth try. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where it's just, like, I kind of get why they don't want, like, Michelangelo being advertised to kids in that aspect, because it just seems like, what's this, what's this super dark cut? And they're just like, oh, he's just playing with sticks connected together. Well, you know that's how it had to be when you were in, like, fucking England back in the day. It's like, dude, did you hear? There's a fucking cut of the Ninja Turtles with Michelangelo swinging nunchucks around. They're like, get the fuck out. He's got nunchucks. Yeah, he's got big nunchucks and he's swinging them around like that. It's fucking sick and shit. <laughs> you know? Somebody you know, old, like, Mitzi, old Mitzi on Non Street has a copy. Let's go. It's like it turns into a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, it's like he went down to he went to New York once and he got an actual copy from New York City where the Ninja Turtles they're not where the Hero Turtles originate. That's also another one too. That always sounds fucking racist. I'm sorry, but like in the UK, like not calling it Ninja Turtles, like was was there like some like anti-Japanese policy for a while that we just didn't know about in the UK where they're like whoa 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 ninjas ninjas? Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? A ninja? <laughs> they're called hero turtles overseas. Yeah, they're called they're called teenage mutant hero turtles in England and Europe, I think, actually in general. Because fucking wow. who? Because England makes the rules. Yeah, that's a fucking weird one too. I mean, like, and that's literally like I think they're still called that to this day. Like, just because why would you change the name now? I mean, it's been so long. Every so often, there'll just be one of those things you kind of see uh, like culturally that's just like, well, this one it's not as much of a jump. It just it's pronunciation, but. One a little bit ago at my job, I saw like this French girl who had like a Dragon Ball Z, like she had like, she had a Dragon Ball tattoo. I'm like, oh, Dragon Ball Z, and was she's it like, like Shenlong, or was it like the ball? It, it was, it was, just, or was it, was it just like naked was, Goku child on there? Was just like taking like, a pee out? Yeah, no, <laughs> like 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 what, like Calvin and Hobbes or some shit. <laughs> no, um, no, it was uh, it was just a Dragon Ball, and she's like, oh yeah, like uh, I, she's like she's like she's like I love the Dragon Ball Z. Like, oh, Dragon Ball Z. I forgot they call it... I'm like, oh, yeah, Dragon Ball Z there. My bad. Yeah, it's one of those ones. I know, I know that it's that's more pronunciation than anything else. It just one of those things that throws you off for a second. Dragon Ball Z. Oh, right. But yeah, Is that just, the spinoff show? Shit. Yeah. And then I think also in, in England and Germany, too, because Germany always has that weird, like, violence thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, 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 they always hold back on violence. You can't show two humans killing each other. If something has to die, it has to be, like, a human killing, like, a monster or an alien. 
you know, something like that. The blood can't be red. It has to be green. It's like they got all those weird fucking, you know, fucking you can't play Wolfenstein in Germany or you get thrown into jail. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's that, true. I, I don't know if it's still true, but that game was like super illegal in Germany for the longest time. Like, you fucking assholes, we're trying to forget this. It's weird, because then you always see, like, I remember, like, in one of fucking Michael Moore's one where he, like, he goes to, like, fucking German schools or whatever, and he's like, look at, you know, they, they, you know, they all remember, like, the Nazis and all that stuff. I'm like, well, not not in their movies or video games, apparently not. They want to keep that all fucking out of there. <laughs> we were like, we do not like this BJ Blaskowitz coming in. <laughs> Shooting up Hitler. <laughs> it just makes me well, laugh, though, that, like, it's like... I mean, like, I mean, I get it. Like, it's like, we're, as Americans, we laugh like, oh, they can't handle violence. What a bunch of pussies. <laughs> well, we kind of lightly brush off, like, the, like, you know, uh, genocide of all Native Americans. Like, well, that had to happen. Did yeah, it? it? Yeah, kind of. Like, really? Well, I'm, it was a different time. Where, like, Germ- where Germany's like, what well, Saudi? <laughs> like, America's like, America just embraced, like, I don't give a fuck. Got my guns. <laughs> That's like, like, literally any atrocity ones, we like, do. Okay. Any, any atrocity we do, the government really does just kind of brush it off. Like, hey man, it was us or them. Like, I don't know about the, that case right there. Well, I think it's one of those ones. Like, I think America deep down inside is like, good thing World War II happened because we got somebody to put the blame on. Then if it ever brings it up, we can just fucking throw it back in the Germans' face. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing: if World War II didn't happen. They were going to be coming after us in about the next 20 years, you know, but, you know, good thing that happened. You know what I mean? Everybody's been, they're looking that, they're looking east instead of looking west. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, yeah, you know, you just think about it. It's just like, okay, killed the Native Americans, killed the fucking environment, just killed practically all the bears, killed practically all the wolves, killed all the mountain lions, killed so many creatures that you kind of forget about. Killed the buffalo. Then the Native Americans really tried to kill the buffaloes. So it was like, <laughs> the 1800s were just not a good time. It wasn't a good time to be a minority in the 1800s. Let's just say that. I don't care what kind of minority you are. Animal, man, insect. It was all bad. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not even trying to like, well, we got little, yeah. We'll go back to turtles just one second here. I'm not even trying to be like, America is evil and you have to pay for all the things it did from a long time ago. I'm not trying to be that guy or anything. But I am addressing the idea that like, how, you know, whenever we have some fucked up history, it's one of those things where it's just like, we they they often do just kind of brush aside it. Like, oh, whatever. Don't fucking worry about it. Not that big of a deal. Slavery. Oh, you know, shit got done, right? Like, <laughs> maybe you should maybe view that through a different lens right there, you know? But something like Germany, it's like, yeah, we know. We fucked up. Okay, can we move on? Can you stop making us the villain in every horror movie that's out there? Like, I was watching Helsing again. Like, okay, yeah. Nazi vampires, fucking core. Yeah, but like, I like to imagine, like, a German kid is watching something he's really liking. Like, oh, of course, it's fucking Nazis again. Well, you know, that's got to be kind of like in Germany. It's always got to be that thing when you see a movie and you're like, fuck. God, are we always the bad guys? Like in everything you fucking do? It doesn't even have to take place in the 40s and we're still the fucking bad guy. Look at fucking Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it's just like there's so many times that like they go after the fucking Germans. Like, you know what I mean? Like, especially like in the 80s. It's like if it wasn't Germans, it's Soviets. It's one mm-hmm. or the other. You know what I mean? And they're going to fight those to the very end. Every once in a while you get Middle Easterns, but still that, that part didn't come to a little bit later. 
Oh, the Middle East, probably Germans are like, like oh, thank you. They're, after, they're going after the Middle East now. Thank fuck. <laughs> That's why it's like, this sounds so weird. It's almost like, but in that new Jackie Chan movie, The Foreigner, like, I was actually like, because at first, you know, you kind of assume, like, nowadays, like, oh, you know, who's, who are they going to pick? If they're going to be terrorists, they'll probably be somewhere for the Middle East. It's like, oh, no, they picked Irish terrorists. That's fucking, you don't oh. see that every day. IRA? Yeah, exactly. So it's like fucking Jackie Chan looking for the IRA, fucking kicking ass along the way. Fucking, you know, hassling Pierce Brosnan. Did you see that movie yet? Day by Day. Did you see it yet? I was going to say that was a good rhyme for a second. No, I, I haven't seen yet. it. I want to. Dude, it's so fucking awesome. It's like literally First Blood meets Collateral Damage. It's so, so amazing. And fucking Pierce Brosnan gets to use his Irish accent again, just like it's 1991 all over. It's so like, amazing. It's been bottled up for years. I finally get to release it. And he's got like a South Dublin accent, so it's like, oh, this is so cool. Like, the movie's so fucking awesome. Like, I am so happy with it. So, I, I know it's, it's weird to say it's happy. It's watching Jackie Chan be a su- sad Chinese man kicking ass, but still. <laughs> you don't even want to fuck with a sad Chinese man. <laughs> well, this is a picture of him where he's, like, sitting in fucking Pierce Brosnan's office, and he's just sitting there with, like, his leg close together, like, looking down. It's like, Pierce, he's been waiting there for two hours to talk to you. It's just like, he looks so fucking sad, this <laughs> poor Chinese man. <laughs> But no, I don't, I'm only hoping this because speaking this, this ties in the Ninja Turtles. I'll still say this. Hopefully, with like this kind of stuff, maybe martial arts movies will finally start becoming back. Because you know, you think about it. Okay, going back to Ninja Turtles to keep this still relevant. Okay, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. For Americans' love for martial arts movies, it originally starts with Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee is what kind of brings the martial arts movie to being popular in the U.S. So that's why in the 70s, we get a lot of, you know, martial arts-inspired movies. We get a lot of martial arts movies brought over. We get fucking ones made with Bruce Lee in America. We get black exploitation martial arts movies. We get fucking Chuck Norris and so on. In about the 80s, it sort of dips down, and it kind of disappears. You know what I mean? We kind of get taken over by just regular action movies, war action movies, Arnold and Stallone ones. Not complaining, but martial arts kind of gets hidden for a while. But... With movies like, I think, really The Karate Kid, I think, is the start. But I think Ninja Turtles is the one that kind of blows it out of proportion. That brings fucking martial arts kind of back in. And that's why, like, every 90s kid is fucking taking martial arts. You know, there's so many things. Power Rangers, I think, is another big deal for, like, why... I actually, I attribute Power Rangers to why the UFC is so popular today. Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers, I think, is why the UFC is huge. It's because all these kids through the 80s and 90s fucking grew up with all this martial arts stuff. And then, of course, what they want to fucking see when they're adults is fucking real people punching each other in the head. <laughs> well, then they also bring in, like, I think, well, I think they kind of, it's, it, this is probably more linked to, like, anime and all that, but, like, you know, Pokemon made anime big, and then out of that, Dragon Ball Z got kind of bigger, too. And that probably could maybe link that to martial arts craze. It was already sort of there to some aspect. But, like, Ronda Rousey is apparently a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. Yeah, go figure, you know. Yeah, but then again, like you look at her age range, you're like, well, yeah, I actually, because sadly enough, she's probably younger than us, isn't she? She's really? Like, Fuck. That's one of those things where you see like someone, you see someone like, who is that? That is a young adult who has their shit together. Oh fuck, they are younger than me. <laughs> oh goddamn, yeah, I know. It's just one of those ones. But like, yeah, you think about Ninja Turtles as sort of like a big bringer of martial arts to the U.S. back again. I think also another big one that did it too was Rush Hour with Jackie Chan. Because after Rush that, th- then you get the Jet Li boom and all that kind of stuff. And then it kind of dies off about 2007, 2008. You know, yeah, then- I want to say Fearless was the last. I mean, I'm sure the other ones came out theaters and, and wide release, but Fearless 
was the last big <clears throat> martial arts movie. I remember getting a wide release. It was in Chinese. Yeah, the last like movie. It's not Chinese movie, but the last like martial arts movie before this Jackie Chan. And this Jackie Chan one's. It's almost more like a regular action movie than it is like a. I mean, it's got martial arts scenes in it. I don't know if I'd necessarily consider it a martial arts movie. It just was. I feel like that just just because it's Jackie Chan, you almost want to call it martial arts, but it's more just like. Jackie gets to do Jackie. Yeah, it, but it's more like Jackie doing something a little bit different because he's, like, shooting guns and fucking setting traps and things like that. Um, but was uh, Man of the Iron Fist. That, to me, I could say was the last, like, major martial arts movie to be in theaters. So <laughs> Riz was either, like, it was the last guy to try to fucking do it right. Well, Riz is usually pretty good. I don't think that people give him enough credit. So Man of the Iron Fist was a fun movie. Yeah, even Man of the Iron Fist 2 was not nearly as good, but, like... I, I st- I'll still watch it. If there's a RZA movie out there, I'll still watch it. I mean, like, his other ones haven't been nearly up to par, you know, because he was also in, um, fucking, uh, the Tony Jaa, the one, the, the Elephant Protector. He was in the Elephant Protector, too. And that was the one that was not nearly as good as, the, not like a total classic like the first one was, but still enjoyable. Even had a weird fucking bicycle escape scene that didn't really, I couldn't really get, but, you know, whatever. I noticed that they will have like some random, just like a bicycle chase in like a, in like well even like an Ungback. It wasn't. It was just a big long chase, like in a golf cart, like a very serious car chase. A little golf cart. At some point, he gets out. He's running, and I remember there were some serious stunts, but it was all like just this tiny ass little car. So they still like that. There's even like some really like I, I bought a Yoon. Uh, I think it's Yoon Woo Ping, the guy. I think I got his name right. He's the guy who does a lot of action choreography. Uh, he did the choreography for The Matrix, Kill Bill. Um, Once Upon a Time in China. Yeah, yeah, just a real, like, legend in that aspect. I bought, like, a collection of early movies of his, and just movies he choreographed. And the action was good, but there's still some scenes you watch, and there's, like, you know, from these old 70s movies, and there's this part where, like, it's an on-foot chase, the most awkward scenes ever. It's an on-foot chase. This guy's just chasing this other dude down, and... This is where, not to bring in too many stereotypes, but how, they, how a lot of times they make fun of, like, you know, Chinese not giving a fuck about American licensing and all that. <laughs> this movie, the theme song was almost the Godfather theme, but they just change it last minute, like, da na 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 there's like two other notes at the very end just to change it slightly. Is it what, it, They did that exactly. That was the theme for this movie. And then during this chase... It is so obviously a ripoff of, um, of Van Morrison's Wild Night. They just kind of, like, add in a few more notes. Like, there's no singing or anything. But, like, it's like... It, like, I won't sing it. I don't want to torture the audience with that. But take my word for it. They literally took the main ba- the main beat and, you know, and everything instrumental about, about Wild Night and added in a few extra notes and just put that shit on a loop and on this very long foot chasing. And there's this part where this one guy... He's just, they show like this distant shot. He's like, oh, he runs around this back. And you see the other guy like, oh, like almost like it's a Mario Kart style, <laughs> like shortcut he takes. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to cut through the bushes right here. So, Well, I think that's what I was once. You know, to become a legendary guy, you got to kind of do some trial and error throughout the years. I mean, I think that I think he also did the choreography, I want to say, on Drunken Master, too. Did he do it on Black, did he do it on Black, on the, the Black Mask? Yes, I think he did, too. The Jet Li one? Yeah, yeah, I think I think so because he's on a handful of Jet Li movies. So I know he did do Drunken Master. He did do that one. That was like a big like, oh shit, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think that was like the groundbreaking movie for him and Jackie Chan. But 
But yeah, so much cool stuff. It's you know, it's one of ones going back and watching Ninja Turtles, you realize how good it is. I don't know. I, I might say that out of all my favorite Ninja Turtles movies, the second one might still be my favorite. I know it doesn't have Casey Jones in it, but I, li- I like the story in that one. They got Don Tello dialed in. They got fucking Vanilla Ice in there at the end. I mean, come on. How much more could you want than that? Well, plus in that one, another thing we didn't bring out about this movie is he actually, the Turtles don't actually win. Like, Splinter kind of comes in and saves the day. Yeah, turtles the get turtles their fuck ass. up. <laughs> they, they fuck up. Where in the second one, they actually do win, but it's more like they outsmart Shredder rather than defeating him with raw skill. Yeah, and then pretty much once Shredder takes fucking steroids, it get, the whole bridge collapses on him and he dies. Yeah, well, don't they don't they actually make him like knock out like a bunch of the beams, kind of support? Yeah, yeah. So they sort of trick Shredder into that. So that counts in self. You can beat him just by outsmarting him. But that one, just like this one, even though I still like this movie a lot, it's like they they call Daddy to come save him, more or less. Yeah, it's kind of weird because when you really do think about it, it's like if if fucking Splinter didn't come back. It's still here's like Splinter's fucking been tied up for like the last like two weeks, fucking probably beaten like every single day, not fed anything like that, and he still fucking comes and saves the day. Well, another aspect of it is kind of like okay, regarding just Shredder's skill, like all right, I am a master killer. I just killed my arch nemesis. His rat just scratched my fucking face. I'm gonna swing the oh only got its ear. Okay. Fucking and you rat. see the rats the rat's just sitting there like, ow, you took my fucking ear, like little Muppet Splinter looking up at him. Yeah. So it's one of those things like, how fucking good can you really be? I mean, it's you that's a big ass fucking rat. I mean, I, I kinda assume that like if, if this happened in real life, more or less it's not a puppet, Splinter went to swing and it just hit his ear and then the fucking you know, rat took off. Because we all know how fucking fast a rat can run. I don't care how good of a samurai master you are. You ain't we gonna, saw like, we saw that thing looks like the thing was fucking huge. It was able to stand on something, do kicks, it was mole and yeah, maybe mole, may have been out. Oh, yeah. That's a maybe big like, like, fucking I just, rat. I, I picture it in real life, it probably he swung and it was able to take off in time. You know what I mean? Instead of just fucking stand there like it shows in the movie. Yeah, yeah, okay, well. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's, maybe when he's holding the master's hand, like, looking down, holding his little, his thumb, his little rat paws, maybe by then, he's already kind of like, uh, Shredder's already gone, but the way, the way they shot, it makes it look like, ow, you took my ear, fucking asshole, so. <laughs> you know what I will say, though, is like, okay, like, just, just by, um, Ninja Turtles 1, not number 2, when you see that Shredder, not only does he, you know, he comes running at fucking Splinter with the spear, or the staff. Maybe he doesn't have a spear. Maybe he just has a staff. Fucking Splitter takes a nunchuck, flips a bow. See, that's the one thing. I think about the England movies, like, those nunchucks are used so often. They had to, like, use all kinds of ridiculous, like, other scenes to, you know, make this all work. He just trips. Yeah. But, like, okay, he goes over, and then, you know, he tries to stab Splinter. Of course, that makes him fucking, or I think Splinter lets go or whatever, and he falls back into a dump truck. And then Casey Jones goes, like, oops, fucking flips the switch on the dump truck, and it just goes down to compress on him. It's like, that's such a fucking violent death. Yeah, but we don't see it, so there's your PG. Yeah, exactly. That's one of those things I was watching. I forgot about this part. I thought it was just like, they just go in a dump truck and it drives away. I'm like, oh, no, he actually gets crunched to death. That's where you expect to hear, like, some screaming and banging, like, not and even that, blood like... blood just shoot out, like, all <laughs> over these kids' face. Well, it's like, I, I kind of wonder about that. Like, I, I don't want to Google image it or anything, but say you did have a body, because that, that's a go-to in a lot of movies. They'll, like, have, like, okay, get rid of the body in the car, and they go, they put the car, they put the body in, like, a car, and it gets compressed. I was wondering, would a bunch of blood be leaking out of that motherfucker? Yeah, it's like, so that kind of looks so obvious at the end of the day, like, ah... Uh, 
Frank, I, I, I know, I know you brought this car in to me, but you know, look at you got fucking blood leaking out of it there. Like, how am I supposed to explain this? I, I, I gotta run a business here. You know what I mean? Like, that just doesn't just go away. Look, I know there's fucking Tony birds already flying around. Because <laughs> I was watching, I was watching um, Baby, Baby Driver. Driver again, and when they were, I was thinking that when I was watching the car compress, because I was looking to see if blood was leaking out when they get rid of that one body, and I was just like. Man, I was just, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if it is, like, no, it's that tight, you don't have to worry about that shit. Or if it, like, just leaks out a few days later, maybe, or some shit. I don't know. No, I know it does, because, you know, when you look at those car compressors, like, in a junkyard, there's fucking oil and fluid all over the ground. It's just, like, soaked in there. So, mm-hmm. obviously, blood and all that stuff's gonna come out, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would just be some of, that's, like, one of the scariest ways to go, possibly, though. Just is if you're still being, alive? Yeah, just being, like, you know... Death Star, trash compacted like that. Especially if you don't really know what's going on until it happens. You, like, wake up and everything's just closing in on you, you know? Like, ah, ah, ah. Old Man Orange Phobia Hour. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, what, if, what if we just, we just got I've never real. looked at what, another man! <laughs> <laughs> what, what, if, what if the old man... What, what, if, like, uh, what if, like, the movie just got really real for a second, and when he goes into that trash can and it's all compressing, you don't hear, like, let me out! Let me out! You just hear a real panic... <gasps> against the thing like all that badass composure he had it just suddenly just goes away just okay help me help screaming all the kids just back away all scared (laughs) yeah and then as i said the blood just shoots out just like hits a bunch of kids around the face so they have this just go back to the turtles on the top of the tower just be like bodacious radical (laughs) deftifying No, I don't know. <laughs> I think they were supposed to be like there's like sort of they were they were gonna have even more of like a happier ending or, or not happier ending, but almost like a goofier ending where like fucking Danny's like I'm gonna write a comic about this story or whatever, and everybody's like that's a fucking stupid idea. It would never sell. Were they originally gonna have a joke like that? Yeah, kind of almost like I guess you could say like in Super Mario Brothers where they're like we want to turn you into a game. Oh, and then, like, they're, they have the this Iggy and Spike there. Yeah. I could see a joke like that happen. Like, that one never sell. Everyone hands on hips. Ha 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 Credits. It's fucking Shredder. Just like, no, no, no. <laughs> just mangled, crippled hand just hanging, like, dangling from the back of the truck. Like, the one thing that didn't make it in. I also like how the, this movie ends with, like, it has, like, the rap song that explains to you the entire plot in the movie in the rap song. I always, I wish, I wish they had more of those, but just for things <laughs> that are just unnecessary that probably don't need it for. Like hard dramas. I wish they had stuff like that. Well, Picnic Face, they did, like, they just had this one thing. Because, you know, they usually, they're known for, like, just those weird kind of offbeat sketches. Uh-huh. But they just had one that said, ending credits to saving Private Ryan. And I was like, what? And I just click it. And it just, it's like the last two minutes of the movie where old Matt Damon gives that really powerful speech and then shows the American flag waving. And all of a sudden, it's uh, that very 90s style, like, here is the mission, we got a plan, save, it, save Private Ryan. That's the, that's the man. You know, just this real, like, the offbeat does not fit the rest of the movie. It explains, like, kind of like the same way, this, like, Turtles thing, where this, the, like, the thing that a lot of 90s movies would do, where they're like, here's the hip-hop song that it just explains the whole movie you just saw. Kind of like... Yeah, exactly. Something that was kind of relived that was Grandma's Boy. Yeah, Grandma's Boy. Pacific Grandma's Rim. Boy. Pacific Rim with RZA, nonetheless. 
Yeah, with Rizza. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. R- Rizza would fit into that guy. I mean, he like he probably would be that guy who would might have been hired at that time period. To fucking. Well, I remember just watching. That, I was like, "Is this Rizza?" Because you're sitting through the credits of the Pacific Rim, just watching. Like, I think this is Rizza, and looking the credits like, like oh. Rift featuring Rizza. Like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> oh no, it, it, it's all good. But yeah, Ninja Turtles is one of those movies. That, like, I, I feel like no matter what. You can always go back. You can always watch this movie. Not only does it hold up very well, I think it's just because with Lutz, like when you have special effects that are real like this, I don't care how old the movie gets, it, it always will look good because of just that style. You know what I mean? That real look. You know, even in the new Ninja Turtles, I'm around. They're fun and everything like that, but when they're CG, they just don't look real. It's gonna always look CG. Where this one's like, oh fuck, you could touch that turtle and it's real. Like to me, mm-hmm. that turtle looks way more real and believable than the CG ones do. You know. Well, plus the CG ones look like they're just like roided out as fucked. Like 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 the one the one that's Raphael in the new ones, it just looks angry. Like you don't want to get anywhere near that. Like it looks just like it's on a like coke and pussy bender. It just wants to break and fuck everything in the room. Yeah, they it definitely they definitely have a very more extreme version of those turtles there. But um, but yeah, no, it's like this Ninja Turtles. You can always go back. It's always good, you know. And I think that, like, I think really, even if you didn't grow up with this movie, I mean, unless you're really old, you could probably still enjoy it, as long as you, you know, had an open mind towards old special effects. If you can embrace the silliness. I think it's more the silliness than the special effects that's going to probably bring it down for some people. Yeah, because, you know, there's probably kids nowadays that go like, oh, it doesn't have CG? That's fucking gay. They must have been cheap back then. Well, not to change the subject too much, but now we're at the point where things we grew up with turtles aside are getting a reboot because now it's like this thing is going on still has a big audience but a lot of newer people want to jump on but don't want to go all the way back like they the newest i'm seeing i saw an ad for it the newest pokemon movie it's basically just a retelling of yeah the uh, first couple indigo episodes. plateau but it's you it's using it's using newer characters though so it's one of those things of just like Oh shit! Now it's like it's been that long. Now they're like, well, how do we re- how do we get the new audience to go to kind of hear the origin story? Yeah, we we got to catch them up now. Got to catch them all up. Catch them up. Catch them up so they can catch them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, but um, yeah. If you haven't seen Ninja Turtles, we'll put a little link in on for Amazon so you can either get it on DVD or Blu-ray or digital or whatever because. Yeah, either you need to watch that movie over again or see it for the first time. It's definitely worth going out of your way for. Doesn't matter how many times. Always fun. Always good. But till then, make sure to check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, and more. Check out Pizza Boys on both Amazon and Comixology. And I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Check out our website at oldmanorange.com for even more podcasts, cartoons, videos, music, and more. Send us an email at oldmanorangepodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review us on iTunes, Podomatic, or any of the other fine sites we might be located on. And if you want to help out even more, click on the Amazon or GameStop links on our webpage before you make any purchases there. Won't cost you a penny, but it sends us a little something our way. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week to Old Man Orange.